some experience with Pro Tools. Um, uh, it, I've never been a particular fan of how it looks in Windows. And, <laughs> yeah, that is, um, that is true. <laughs> it just looks very, like, it has this Windows Vista aero look to it, it from is, 2004 it is, it is, or something. It is a nightmare. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure graphics that they've added are not too bad they're similar to the mac but you just look at it and think why does this look like 2004 hello and welcome everybody this is the inaugural episode of a new podcast about spatial and immersive audio for those of you who don't know me my name is michael wagner i run a very small youtube channel where i talk about digital media game design and spatial audio in my day job i'm a digital media professor and department head at a research intensive university in philadelphia and next to me is sam hawking and uh, sam Hi. how about you what uh, what's uh, what's your deal i'll introduce myself uh well um i'm not in a spatial audio or immersive audio industry as such um my main job's it um administration basically in a large college um and my long-term interest is music music engineering as a hobby um and more recently the last two or three years particularly spatial audio um and making music in that format but to be honest mainly i like the tech side of it more than the actual making an actual piece of music so <laughs> and yeah yeah you're, you're, you're quite active in all kinds of forums right so so i i i think yeah. if the, if there's like an immersive or special audio forum there is a same probably there, there in some respects <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i oh yeah that's where i kill, kill a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah. we, we felt we felt that uh, it, the world needs another podcast about immersive audio, and that's what we're going to try today. Um, yep. uh, if in in case of uh, in case uh, you are watching this, there is one of two things that happened: either this uh, podcast has become uh, popular, and in, in case uh, good for us, or you have a really good search engine. In case uh, good for you, um, <laughs> the, uh, the this is primarily a. a this is essentially a uh, a pilot episode that we are running here, and uh, we hope to do that uh, monthly. Um, so, Sam, what what do you think we should talk about in, on this podcast? Um, I I think we should talk about the new door um, from Studio One with well, not a new door, but a new feature in the door, Studio One. Uh, yeah, and in in in, in general. And in general, I think everything, everything that's kind of happening within that month or or leading up to the the month podcast, um, you know, everything everything to do with spatial audio, immersive audio, um, Dolby Atmos, um, Ambersonics. So, so all all things, um, all things immersive think, audio. Yeah, I think that's where we're yeah. going to go with it. Yeah. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what we want to do. I, we, we don't have a. We do, by the way, we don't have a title for this podcast yet. Uh, do you have any ideas? Um, not, not, not yet. Not yet. Um, I reckon we get the pilot out of the way, and then, and then we'll have an idea. Of what to call I was, it. I was, I was actually, I was actually thinking of the Sam show. Um, uh, Sam for a no, special. No, 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 no. Well, Sam for. <laughs> Hear ah, me out. Okay, okay. Hear, so, me, yeah. hear me out. Hear me out. Go for it, yeah. Sam for a special audio monthly. Ah. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, it yeah. could or it could also be a recursive title, like uh, Sam for a Sam and Michael show, right? Very good. Uh, you're yeah. too clever, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for those of you who are listening to that uh, on YouTube or watching it on YouTube um, or any other uh, distribution format where you can actually leave comments, let us know what you think this podcast should be called. We, we at the moment, have not really any idea yet. Uh, we will see. You know, kind of let us know and maybe you come up with something that we can actually really use. Yep. So uh, with that, with that let's, let's get to the first topic. Now, the first topic that we said we will talk about is, and you already alluded to that a little, is uh, Studio One has an Atmos workflow now. So Presonus published a an update to Studio One that includes a uh, Dolby Atmos workflow, and that came a little bit unexpected. Did you, did you know that in advance? No, I hadn't heard anything. Um, that, that was that I, I that was completely no, unexpected, I, right? I mean, I'm, I, I know, I th well, I assume. Um, I think I might have seen some documents on it, but yeah, Dolby have a an SDK, a software development kit, yeah, to allow their renderer to be to be included in other software. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, it was always a possibility, but it, it was was it multi-channel capable door before? No, it was no. not. They they, so they went the whole. They went, they went the whole nine years. I've heard that from, I can't remember his name, the CEO of um, Bitwig, who was the original, one of the original developers of Ableton. And he, he said on a, it was funny enough on a podcast, he said, um, if we did go down the spatial audio route, we would go the whole hog. We would go multi-channel. Um, we would go Dolby Atmos, Ambersonics. So that's quite, that's quite an interesting, uh, sort of comparison parallel with what studio one have done they've gone you know they've gone straight in for you know for the fully featured that was actually something that surprised me and, and a pretty uh, one as well it looks uh, yeah, it looks pretty it, 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 it is and it um, is super usable um so yeah, it is yeah. it is exceptionally easy to use um and and uh as i said in one of my videos that uh, this was just a 0.5 update so it wasn't even a full version update yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and if you think about how much you actually have to do in order to um oh, to, yeah. to get multi-channel into a digital audio workstation um especially with all the features that that studio one has uh that, yep. that is actually quite quite a thing and the fact that they keep the that they kept that sort of under wraps uh, is a little bit surprising i'm not quite sure if there are a lot of people kind of doing rumors about studio one that's probably not going to happen a lot but but uh, the fact that nobody talked about that in advance is, is yeah no it's wonder about whether rather depends what depends what their kind of marketing strategy is sometimes they they want things to sort of leak out through yeah people that are beta yeah, testing or, or whatever but sometimes they just want it completely private although I'm not sure what market they're they're fighting Studio One. I suppose potentially Pro Tools when they come out with their internal renderer, they might have wanted yeah. to get in before them, and it be you know if, if you keep it all quiet, the impact is greater because um, you know it's just all the news in one go. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's quite a nice way to do it sometimes. And this is actually one of the things that a lot of people have reached out to me recently and kind of asked me, what is the best door to get started? What's the best digital audio workstation now to get into? So, so, so Sam, what do you think? Yeah. What's, what's your, what do you use, by the way? Okay, well, I, so my, when I started in the kind of 90s, well, probably late, late, late 90s, um, I was still using an Atari ST. 
<laughs> with Cubase on floppy disks. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so it was purely a MIDI MIDI setup. I don't I don't even think it was really capable of any real time, you know, um, uh, wave based audio. It was it was it was purely MIDI. So I had a a Yamaha SY. I think it was an SY35. I had an old drum machine, Roland drum machine, and a couple of other things. Um, so yeah, I, for a long time I was, I was a Cubase user, mm-hmm. um, but then um, I kind of drifted out of just being interested in in music um, entirely, really, and then really got back into it probably about ten years ago, five years ago, um, and resubscribed and got my license to uh, Cubase again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I found, then I found, um, uh, was it, um, it would have been Ableton first. And then, uh, I never actually bought Ableton the, the door. I uh, carried on using Cubase, but then for some re for some reason, Bitwig announced, uh, their first release and the very first videos of it showed it all running on, I think it was a Surface, not a Surface tablet. I think it was a Surface book, and it was at one of the one of the music shows. I can't remember which one. Um, and they were showing, you know, this clip launcher based workflow, the non-linear workflow. And, um, and they, I, th- I think they also pioneered kind of this touch interface, if I remember correctly. And right? yeah, and the, I think that's probably why they were using the the. Um, uh, the touchscreen service book um, because it could show off that interface as well. And I just thought, oh wow, okay. I, I was, maybe I don't need to actually buy a you know a physical mixing desk. I'll just buy a very large touchscreen, um, <laughs> and I'll you know you, you you'll touch the faders um, directly. And I thought, oh yeah, I'll just keep it all in one place. You can move it around the house. You can make music anywhere. So that's kind of the the route I went down. Um, uh, so pretty, pretty earlier adopter of Bitwig, but obviously for spatial audio, that that's useless because it was only a stereo door. Um, so at best, all you could do was kind of create pseudo multi-channel buses out of multiple tracks. Um, but you, you, so, do, you do have you do have quite a few videos on on, uh, on I think on the yeah, YouTube channel, right? If you're interested in how to twist Bitwig into various uh, ways, then uh, yeah, check out my, my channel. <laughs> so for the, for those um, of you who are watching, we're going to leave a link in the description. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but from from that, I kind of well, the first step because I was a Windows user this time, there was no Dolby Atmos solution at all. Um, so there wasn't even really on my radar, even though I was aware that it was it was done on Pro Tools with the Dolby Atmos production suite at that time. Um, now they've combined the production suite and the uh, mastering um, unit into one. Um, but yeah, that time that didn't exist, um, and so I think the first my first exposure to really mixing in in Atmos was. Um, DaVinci Resolve because that was one of the first doors to include it as a internal Dolby Atmos renderer. But before that and alongside it, I've always been a big fan of um, the Mac One spatial audio system, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is uh, um, based on um, uh, SPS uh, from up uh, and um, oh, the name. 
rings a bell in my head and I can't grab the name. Um, Angelo, uh, one of the, well, he's one of the spatial audio kind of um, academics. Fer Ferina, Ferina. That's, that's the one, sorry, yeah. 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 Um, listeners, you'll you'll get used to me completely forgetting names because that's basically <laughs> that's, how my brain works. That's the, that's the same. <laughs> I, I'm the same thing. I, I'm completely the same thing. I, I, I completely sympathize and emphasize. Um, but I, I will do my best. And this is only a pilot episode. For the real one, we'll, I'll actually uh, write this stuff down before I start. Um, yeah, so I read quite a lot of papers that he had released on SPS, um, this way of um, uh, not you, you're kind of you're kind of just taking the audio exactly as you've recorded it at the position you've recorded it. Generally, it's in in an eight speaker array format of uh, front left, front right, um, rear left, rear right, and then the same underneath you as well. Um, so it's uh, you, you could use any number of um, channels, but eight, eight is a kind of the min most minimal way you can work. But because it's essentially just pairs of stereo, all of your stereo effects and all of um, all the limitations of having a stereo door, that was one of the first ways I could actually work in spatial audio in Bitwig because its whole design lends itself to stereo workflows. And if you speak to the, um, if you speak to Dylan there at Mac One, that's that was kind of a big reason for why they chose SPS as kind of their starting point for their their framework was because you could take everything that you do in stereo and carry on using it in in the spatial audio environment. So that's that's always been quite interesting to me. I think a lot of people get put off by it because it's almost so basic and so simple maybe they don't really think that it's spatial audio because they're comparing it to hearing something binaurally in dolby atmos or some sort of effect that they think they should hear and they don't and it, it's very much a system based on having to use a head tracker because there there is no binaural element to it um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, in fact if you, if you just fold down the stereo uh, if you just fold down the mac one um eight channel spatial audio format it recreates the stereo input perfectly because it, it's really not changing the stereo input and that that was quite quite an attractive thing as well um because you, you you can seamlessly create all your formats in one hit including stereo and it almost null back to what you began with because it's not changing anything so yeah. I, i've always quite liked the simple is better approach to audio that's always um, that's always a good idea right keep keep um, it simple the kiss yeah. principle yeah so anyway that, so that's yeah that's that's um the, the, the mach one is an interesting one we should probably kind of do an, an episode at, about that in in the future um and uh you know kind of for those of you who are watching this podcast on video once again we're going to leave links in the description below and uh uh if you if you have a chance, join us on our Discord community. The Mach One developer is actually active there, so if you want to talk to them, uh, you you can do that. Uh, but that's um, certainly a good a good a good uh, a good starting point. Now you're you're using primarily Bitwig. Do you, do you think there's a chance that Bitwig will actually implement a multi-channel version of Bitwig? I th I think eventually, but I don't think probably the demand is there for them because they're quite. It's, it, not only is it a, a niche door 
in a niche area of this non-linear sort of type workflow because only really Ableton and Bitwig in that kind of area. And Ableton is much bigger than than Bitwig in terms of user base. But um, but kind of I always felt that what what we, what's currently missing is a is is sort of a DAW that has a non-linear uh, arrangement editing tool like uh, you know yep. the clip the clip launcher in Ableton. The, 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 there is sort of there. I mean, you can do like multi-channel with uh, with digital performer, and digital performer has something like that. But yeah. that is 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 really kind of. It, it, I mean, it's an interesting dog, quite frankly. But it is yeah. a, a bit a bit of an annoyance to work with it because it it kind of uh, it feels a little bit antiquated at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm also quite frankly slightly surprised that even though they are working with t 12 channel uh, audio, they have not yet implemented uh, Atmos, which is interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But 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 sort of it would be nice to have either Ableton or Bitwig uh, be capable of that because that's one thing that I'm currently missing really. Um, yeah. to, the ability to have some non-linear editing possibilities like you have in Ableton or Bitwig. Yeah, and I, I think that both both doors lend itself to um, the modulated kind of approach to how you, you're not necessarily just making music in this kind of sequential note-based way. You you're using modulation and um, controlling things in a kind of a random way, but one thing can control another thing and then that thing can control another thing. And you can chain together all these modulated effects. And for spatial audio especially, I think that really lends itself because you're not just limited to this just panning. Like Say the um, uh, some of the sound particles plugins where they're, they're seriously modulating the the effect of things moving around or breaking it into multiple kind of objects almost or particles as they call them that whole thing you can potentially um, recreate your own flavor of that in a door like bitwig and um, ableton because because it's just got such a powerful modulation system where everything can be controlled by by something be it a step modulator or simple LFO or a wavetable even, or, you know, um, uh, different envelopes, MSEG envelopes, things like that. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I think if, I think once, yeah, I think once people get into or accepting they can just make spatial audio as easy as stereo, then I think it would be, be more adopting. I think the Fiedler um, composer, probably opening that up slowly i think um yeah you can that, that's uh, true i mean you can you can you can use the fiddler audio or adobe atmos composer with with uh with all yeah. these doors and that's why i use in, in bitwig that's how right. i pretty much do unless there's something very specific that i can't do the only yeah the only yeah the only limitation is you don't have that multi-channel bus or channel to put a multi-channel effects on and so yeah. um i don't know how how do you want to get into it? But you, there's ways you can get around it using Plug Bejewel and um, Cash View Element um, yeah, to yeah. kind of em emulate having a multi-channel bus somewhere. But it's it's not um, it's not ideal. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's also kind of something we might want to talk about at some point, kind of how to do that. But I, I kind yeah. of, I'm really looking forward to one of those doors really implementing multi-channel. In, in Ableton, actually, that would be should be very straightforward because they could simply go through uh, Max for Life, right? I mean, they're essentially there yeah. are multi-channel uh, possibilities to work with Ableton. There's this yeah. Envelope for Life system and uh, others uh, that, that do that. So by going from Max for Life, and Max for Life essentially has multi-channel capabilities, so you could actually 
actually do that. You could even kind of do it in a way that loads in plugins, I think. I'm not quite sure, that, but but I think it's possible. Ah, uh, right, yeah, yeah. In, um, oh, in, yeah, because, um, yeah, it's a bit like, is it plug data, I think, is a system similar to what Max for Life is built on, if I'm correct. So it's, yeah, like a a modular, um, uh, a, a way to to build things in a modular fashion. But yeah, you can also load VSTs into that modular workflow as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I often think a lot of the time you don't really, especially in a non-linear door, you don't necessarily need this classic tracks, groups and buses and sends and returns and stuff like that because um, you can essentially route stuff from from anywhere to anywhere anyway. Um, and you can, there's devices to essentially bring in multi-channel already. It's just that they're not formatted in it as a multi-channel thing for a plugin to recognize. So the plugin just thinks, oh, I'm just in a stereo door. I'll just open up two channels. Um, even though essentially there's no reason why you couldn't route, you know, 16 channels of audio to it. It's just that the door doesn't let you do it or the, the framework of the, how the BST works in the door doesn't allow it. I'm sure it's just, it's just a case of, um, uh, connecting, connecting the inputs and outputs of the VST kind of workflow. But um, yeah, that'd be interesting how far uh, a door like bit would, would go with it. I think at the moment it's just not, not a, it's so not an area they need to probably get into in terms of their development, I don't think anyway. But yeah, it'd be I mean, nice. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure, honestly. Oh, really? I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, you know, kind of a, a couple of, uh, two, three weeks ago, I probably would have agreed with you, but but the, the fact essentially how exceptionally easy uh, that is in Studio One, um, I think I think that's open going to open up uh, that right. possibility to a lot of people. Um, and uh, and I'm honestly expecting that the digital performer eventually will um, kind of use Atmos because yeah. they are th their entire client base is, is film composers, right? And they need to produce in Atmos. So I, mean, I, yeah. I think they are going to do that. And then essentially Pro Tools is going to come out with an internal renderer soon. Um, so yeah. I, I think I think uh, if, even if uh, Adobe Atmos is not going to stay around forever, I, th I think the, the, the fact that these doors need to have some sort of multi-channel capability that will probably kind of be a be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you work with any? Did, yeah. did, do you have any experience with any other DOS? I mean, did, did you ever work with Cubase or Nuendo or Pro Tools um, or or anything else? Uh, well, what's your uh, opinion on those? Some some experience with Pro Tools. Um, uh, it, I've never been a particular fan of how it looks in Windows. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, um, that is true. <laughs> it just looks very, like, it has this Windows Vista aero look to it, it from is, 2004 it, it, or something. It is a nightmare, yeah. The actual graphics that they've added are not too bad. They're similar to the Mac, but you just look at it and you think, why does this look like 2004? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's it, it's 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 always the first thing. I kind of I, once in a while I try it out on Windows, and then I said no. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's, like it just doesn't inspire thing. confidence. I don't know. No, I, no, no, no. I don't know whether they do it on purpose, just as oh, we like Mac so much, we don't even bother updating the styling of the Windows. Yeah, version I mean, there, there are a couple. Honestly, there are a couple <laughs> of big companies that that are just tied to one particular operating system. Like I, I know, kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm in the in the game audio space. If you if you think about audio kinetic, yeah. for example. Audio Kinetic oh, runs yeah. on a Mac only in the Vine 
bottle. Right. That, that's essentially what it is. So it's uh, just emulated. Yeah. Um, so so and and I think Pro Tools is the same thing. They just know that their user base is uh, Mac only, yeah. and uh, Windows is almost an afterthought. Yeah, but yeah. but I, I do I do think that what they, what they've what they've done recently is actually quite interesting. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the way kind of they're they're now where you can essentially route the output of the renderer back into Pro Tools, which essentially allows you to. Is this the orcs? The Aux system, the Aux, the Aux, yeah, the yeah, Aux, yeah. Uh, which yeah. essentially allows you to do all the re-rendering uh, on the yeah. on, on on the renderer, and then essentially have the re-renders come in in separate outputs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I think that that is that is super interesting. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Pro to Pro Tools actually, I think had 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 some some really nice advantages over the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I I fully understand why why in. Um, in a much more commercial setting, um, it would be the door to probably go with, um, partly because you're probably going to receive Pro Tools format sessions um, and you don't want to go and recreate that from scratch every time from if you're working on a different door. Um, and I know there's obviously workflow features very specific to those like huge track count kind of workflows. Yeah. And for myself, more from a just DIY sound design sort of fun background you just you you want you want a lot of that stripped away because you just don't want to be thinking about oh how do I how do I create you know 100 128 um send effects returns with one click on the keyboard that that sort of stuff is not why you're using the door yeah, or yeah. a specific door but whereas in a commercial environment where time is important all of those little efficiencies are kind of what keeps you with that that door i think but yeah um, that, that, that is that is that, um, that is that is true um uh, that is very true that i think a lot of people forget that yeah. that's why it is industry it's not industry standard because it does anything in terms of the music any any better that's still a creative process i think mostly um as long as the door allows you to record instruments and um mix them and, ex and export a flawless stereo you know, master file, then that's, that's all the door's got to do for you. Um, but yeah. 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 Now kind of, we, we would be, we would be kind of, people would get upset if you don't mention Reaper, right? Reaper is also an option that you have. Did you ever work with Reaper? I have, yeah. It's like the, I'll call it the Linux of doors. <laughs> that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's, it, it's, um, yeah, hugely, hugely powerful. The scripting side of it is, is what would attract me to it if if I wanted to um, seriously sort of um, create something more unique to me and I had the time to to script things and create new new workflows. I think it's it, it's great for that. Um, um, yeah, I'm very uh, I'm very much about simplicity and uh, um, it's not it's not it's not the prettiest looking door. And a lot of it is just piled in as these loads of drop down boxes and check boxes and it's very much like an Excel spreadsheet type door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It is though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's, it, well, um, well uh, kind of kind of uh, passionate Reaper users would, would, would tell you that you can always kind of create the you can change everything. You can yeah, change oh, yeah, the thing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and that, that does that 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 puts me in my place every time. So <laughs> I can't say anything about that. Um, but I'm just talking personal personal preferences. I want it as minimal and as 
Yeah, but but awesome. to be perfect, but to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, kind of you 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 do get used to that, and uh, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. once once you once you persistently use it, you start to realize how really um, how everything is kind of really lit out. So I I kind of I do see a lot of professionals moving away from Pro Tools to Reaper, and I can understand that, but because uh, the functionality is just there, and if you're working with yeah. it uh, professionally, you quite frankly don't care how it looks. Um, no, no, no. So, well, I, so I mean, Pro Tools isn't particularly pretty it's quite a complex looking door it's not it is, it's not an intuitive door unless you know because you've used it for so long that you exactly, know where to, it isn't it isn't exactly it isn't exactly pretty either that's that's completely that's completely um, correct but, so if, if somebody comes around and and uh and uh uh asks uh what door should i use uh, no, I have, uh what's what's your opinion i have mine but uh, For, what's, what's your opinion for spatial audio, yeah. What's what's if if um, I if I just I want to get into spatial audio, what's the perfect door for me at this point? Well, I think I think it would be Studio One now. I think yeah. they for from what I've seen, I I, th I think I think any your favorite door with Fiedler Composer is possibly the most accessible, but it's not quite so intuitive. I don't think the Studio One workflow is you just you don't even think about it. You just create your track, send it to Atmos, done. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's like 20 steps shorter than doing the same on Pro Tools, um, probably 10 steps shorter than doing it with Fiedler. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yourself? I think, I think. Yeah, yeah, kind of, I, I, I do agree. And uh, that, that's actually one of the things that uh, kind of um, has really changed over the last couple of weeks because before uh, Studio One came out with that, essentially I would have said pretty much the same thing. Any any digital audio workstation, your favorite is your digital audio workstation with the Fiddler, um, yeah. Atmos Dolby Atmos Composer, unless it's Pro Tools because on Pro Tools it's a bit of a drag. Yeah. But if no, you have they've... Pro Tools, then then essentially you, you can do other things yeah. as well. But Studio One really nailed that one. They didn't. They've didn't really they? thought about the importance of um, like the UX and the how it looks. Because how, how something looks is so important to how intuitive it is. It, it, it could be a really intuitive thing, but if it just doesn't look intuitive and it doesn't guide you along the, the process, it doesn't matter how good it is, it will, it, it's never going to be popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've yeah. really thought thought about how do we make this. Because like, when, do you remember when um, uh, when DaVinci Resolve first had, had Atmos included? It's quite a convoluted kind of process to route in things. It is, it is um, convoluted, isn't it? it? It's fine once you've done it a few times and you understand why you're doing it. But at the time, it, it think, well, it just doesn't, you, you can't even get audio out of it initially. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hear anything because you haven't, re or, or you, you do hear something, but it's only ever stereo. Um, because you, you've got to do this whole patching thing of physically yeah. clicking on a block and then connecting it to another block. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, but, you know, that, they were quite an early adopter of it. So I guess you. Yeah, and, and kind of, uh, you know, kind of the, the the one thing that annoys me about uh, Da Vinci a little bit is the fact that, and I get that question a lot, um, that is, uh, even though you have the Atmos workflow, you can't really do much with it in terms of uh, um, uh, film yeah. production, right? So so if you if you actually want to include Atmos in a, in a film, a movie deliverable, in a video deliverable, you actually have to export that in this, uh, you know, kind of IMF uh, exchange format that you that you can't really play on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it's almost like a, a music, a music solution in a. 
it's a in music a video, solution in a video, in a, in a video, video editing software. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. Uh, and 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 it's not. And really, it doesn't even do the music yeah. stuff very well either. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because the automation is a drag, and kind of you know, it's it's uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's a very it's a very inexpensive way to get into. But now I think that we have Studio One. That Studio One is just a better option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think I think I think you're right. You're right. Yeah. But it'd so, be interesting um, to see what Pro Tools come up with with the That's true. Door. That's true. Yeah. Honestly, that that's true. I'm actually looking forward to to that to that. Yeah. But but kind of uh, we we are kind of curious uh, what uh, what our viewers think. What what's your what's your opinion? What do you would you prefer? Do you would you like to use uh, kind of spatial audio in Ableton or Bitwig? Uh, give us a give us some comment in the comment section below or wherever you are kind of listening to this podcast. And if it has a discussion forum, use it and kind of let us know what you what you think. Um, Definitely. Yeah, we 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 are definitely interested. So let's let's yeah. move on to the. I actually wanted to talk about something that you do, and that that is sort of yeah. this the mix me. Uh, can, okay. can you tell me a little bit what that is and what the purpose is and what what your goals are? Sure. Yeah, I still still quite early days. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of music out there that doesn't necessarily have the the assets of what made the final stereo track so you've got um you've got maybe um political reasons between managers or labels and artists and people don't necessarily actually have the individual stems to create spatial audio or a new mastered stereo mix even um, because there's either no there's either no recorded stems they were recorded over i mean um i'll, I'll come on to some of the stories later on of what's happened to some master tapes and things like that um where especially some bands through the kind of the most expensive era of the sort of tape um process is they would actually use the same tape to record multiple tracks so they just um, record over what they just made because it saved money you didn't have to buy another tape um um, and, and it is stories, stories like this. So there's there's all this music out there that is is already in stereo format a, across the last you know sixty, seventy years or whatever. But to create a, a Dolby Atmos or a, a remastered stereo mix, you don't necessarily have the these stems to get more control of 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 the. Well, it's not a it's not a remix because you're not changing the. You're not changing the song structure at all. It's exactly the same song. You just don't have access to anything other than the stereo master file and possibly an acapella um, and an instrumental, um, which is kind of how a lot of stuff arise. Um, and so actually this is purely born out of using Mac one is that I soon realized because Mac one was perfectly nulling the spatial audio version back to stereo or with stereo i realized oh if, if you can extract enough of something out of the stereo version you can actually null null that out almost while by nulling out i just mean inverting say so you had a vote you had a, you separated enough of the vocal out of the master um you could then null that and get some panning control um because you've essentially carved a hole out of the surrounding kind of mix um and so that i i was i was messing around with some 
um it was called uh uh Deza Splitter, which is mm-hmm. a it was a free free open it's not, I think it's open source. Um it's Deezer are the I think they're a music French music or film um streaming service, I think. Um, and I, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so so that, 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 that is kind of part of that streaming service? Because I think that I, algorithm is used in many... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, lots of people use it. Uh, uh, Isotope RX, have, I don't know if they still use it, but a lot of the the rebalance feature in Isotope RX is based on Deezer Splitter, apparently. In fact, oh, Deezer Splitter lists list Isotope as using it on their on their GitHub. I didn't so. know that that was kind of yeah, connected to the streaming service. That's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, but then... Uh, what the one I'm using, one of the ones I'm using at the moment, is connected to um, Facebook. Um, <laughs> so it's it's strange why. That w- anyway, so this is is this what they call it, AI. They, the official term is um, instrument uh, source separation. ISS is is kind of the academic term of it. Um, and it's it's basically using deep learning and artificial intelligence to say, this is what a vocal sounds like. This is what a guitar sounds like. This is what drums sound like. And then I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's, there isn't a time to go into the the depths of it, but essentially you're, you're teaching an algorithm to spectrally separate out um, parts of the stereo mix into their individual stems again. So you're kind of reverse engineering what the mixing engineer did. Um, and so it's a, the technology is to a point where you can get enough of these stems back out of the stereo clearly enough that you get a little bit of control over them spatially to create an Atmos mix. Um, and I shared uh, I shared some results with some of the forums that I'm on, uh, particularly the some of the Atmos engineers. Um, and they started coming to me. Oh, I've got this. I've got this track. Um, we don't have any assets for it. All I've got is the forty-four dot one CD. Um, uh, can we get the you know? Can we get the vocals out because they want to do an Atmos mix of it? Um, and the the kind of the up mixing kind of side of Atmos is is a bit frowned on, especially mm-hmm. by the the you know the, a lot of the Atmos engineers. They're quite they're quite high up in kind of the i guess the ranking of audio engineers because hardly anybody's got an atmos room and certain even less have got uh, an atmos capable studio um so they, they they tend to be quite quite big i mean i can't really say who who i've worked on but um if you went on youtube and looked at one of the tracks there, there would be 50 millions or 100 million plays so they're quite big artists but this political reason is you can't always get the stems um or sometimes it's purely because the way the the ai separation works everything sums back to the stereo again mm-hmm. um and there's no difference it nulls with it so you can mm-hmm. separate it all out as long as you play it all back together as uh, as it's been separated it's essentially still the stereo mix and i think uh, some well, I know I know this this to be the case. Some engineers like the fact that they are already working with the stereo master, mm-hmm. already separated but in a spatial, um, you know, Dolby Atmos um, environment. So all of the matching of the the Atmos kind of 
dynamics and sound to the stereo is it's kind of already done for them because all they've got to do is play it all together and they've still got the stereo track so but what they do like is they've got they've got the control that oh, i can add a bit of compression on the vocal or um i even you know d d verb um the vocal that has been separated so that they can then add a more modern reverb or you know multi-channel reverb that suits the atmos kind of sense so it, 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 it's a it's a side you know it's a side um hobby job really it, it's not it's not my it's not a career it's not, it's not a lot, enough work to do it as a career yet but um essentially they, they they come to me i i use ai and everything that i've learned about all the tools that are best for each task um because there, there's certain Certain ways, is... certain ways of demixing requires certain knowledge. It's not right. like you can just throw it all into one product and it spits out stems. You've really got to understand what really does get a trumpet sound the best out of yeah. this style of music. So it's, it's it's partly it's partly knowing what all the technology is out there, but partly you need to, it, it's not something it's not something you can quickly pick up. There's there's several hundred hours just reading up about stuff and experimenting and and i think that's why they come back to me and say oh, i've never heard anything separated that well before it's it's mainly because probably nobody's really or no engineer themselves would have had the time to research what i did so they're left with what they yeah, do and with, kind of with the, rx this, and stuff this this uh this uh kind of um the stem separation kind of technologies are getting better and better right i mean the fl studio yeah. fl studio now has that included for example right yeah and, yeah uh, um, and, and, yeah and and they're, they're getting really really good so so kind of uh but but uh, did i hear that right so you're actually kind of working with some interesting people but you can't really say who it is right y yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think because it it's a little bit it's still I think to some extent viewed a little bit like up mixing where it's it kind of yeah, like cheat yeah. like cheating and, like cheating yeah. and then, but some rightly so I mean it's not they they rank um, how good an algorithm is they call it an SDR um, figure mm -hmm. higher the higher the better. And that's the signal to distortion ratio. So, sorry, signal to distortion ratio. And what they're what they're doing is they've got a, a data set of already mixed um, tracks and their source stems from you know from the studio. So they know exactly what that bass sounds like, that vocal sounds like, because it's already separated. But then they test the algorithm on the mixed stereo track. Mm -hmm. And so they then compare what's demixed with the original stem. And that signal to distortion ratio is how much is left when you null the stem back to the um back to what you've uh, separated. And that, that residue is basically considered the noise that, because that, that, it, it, it didn't exist in the it didn't exist in right. the original stem. You've the algorithm's taken more than it should out of the stereo master or even less out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's um, yeah. So you, you essentially you you say right this nulled um, ninety percent of what separated is in the original stem, ten percent actually belongs to something else. This once you get down to you know just a few percent difference, the human brain doesn't doesn't really notice it, especially once once it's all played back together. 
what hap what generally happens um say say we've got something that's 80% separated um so, so, um like gu guitars and pianos and stuff like that mixed together are very difficult to separate because they're a very similar sounding instrument in a similar frequency band um and so you you might not necessarily be able to pull those out really cleanly to separate mm -hmm, them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what would happen is as you separate them in the atmos space say you put put uh, the piano you know up here and um the guitar um you know bottom right or whatever um far away from it it would start to rip it would rip the kind of the stereo mix apart you'd have this kind of hole in the middle because mm -hmm. all of the, the the original stem hasn't dragged down to where the guitar is some of it's still left up with the piano um and so that's the, the greater the separation in terms of the this sdr the higher the sdr ratio so the more signal you've managed to separate basically the more control you've got to process it with other effects or move it around kind of the atmos space um obviously for a lot of a lot of a lot of atmos because they are trying to match the stereo mix anyway they are generally just keeping everything up against the wall at the front and then it's just you know little um they're just adding little bits around the room for color mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's not so it, it um it kind of lends itself quite well because they they can spatialize it to a, enough of an extent that it's a bit like up mixing in terms of oh yeah that sounds spatial um but they don't have to go through the whole you know it's I've, I, a couple of engineers have said it, it saves it saves them probably half a day um, to get the same kind of result. Um, but not all music lends itself. Some some music just won't separate. It's just yeah. It's not yeah. it's not even that it's not trainable in terms of the AI. It's that the the processing and how it's arranged and put together just makes it too too. Um, there's just not enough original information of the stem still in the stereo mix because uh, you know limiting and compression and some just styles of music like you get something with crazy loud drums all the way through it you cannot separate out a, a fainter guitar out of all that kind of white noise around it because the noise doesn't exist in the stereo that you want anymore it's been um disguised by everything else around it so that's super. Um, that, that that's super interesting. So so kind of, uh, uh, and and kind of people come to you and and uh, then essentially you help them separate that uh, that uh, yeah, stereo yeah. file into their into their into their stems, yeah. so that they can um, sort of turn that into a Dolby Atmos uh, um, kind of mix. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's super. That's super interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah, so so this this is sort yeah. of a side a side a side kind of uh, a hobby that you do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean because. I don't think there's not a, well like i said there's not a huge number of dolby atmos studios yeah um and there's not yet and there's not there's not a huge amount of people doing this ai kind of demixing yeah. people are aware of it because of it's kind of included in you know in various softwares like isotope rx and things like that but people aren't really aware of where the kind of cutting edge side to it is happening and it yeah. doesn't exist in a software program you can buy it's it's you know and it's, 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 it's not, in github it's, and it's just right. word of mouth and it's people experimenting it's a lot of it a lot of it doesn't even exist as a program you have to go onto like a google 
collab um uh resource and you kind of build the you build the project because it's in php probably or um or python rather um and you build you build the projects on a in the cloud basically and then you use some uh, gpus that you know google let you um kind of rent um to train the models and um you know, some of it takes could might take you know two hours to separate or with a you know quite a high high-end gpu run running at maximum for two or three hours it's a huge amount of data that it's um it's using so yeah so that 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 is that is that is quite interesting so kind of because i, I was thinking right so if you if you're using these uh software that you can that you can purchase repex for example or or any yeah. other kind of thing uh it's not that first of all it's not that straightforward to use uh you kind of you need to really know what you're doing in order to yeah. get the best uh quality yeah. but from what you're telling me essentially you actually kind of go beyond that by really kind of using the algorithm and kind of taking advantage of that algorithm and optimizing that and running that through a you know kind of gpu based uh processing yeah. kind of kind of artificial intelligence processing neural network whatever deep learning yeah. processing uh, yeah. a process yeah, so the, to, to yeah, get the, the best the best quality possible right yeah, the, the 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 software generally like RX and RipX, um, that that's kind of a moment in time of the the industry in terms of they've got a model that is their kind of data set of how they're gonna decide what is a guitar, what is a vocal. Um, but it's a snapshot in time. A lot of it. That's why the, the Isotope RX is relatively dated now. It's um, if you if you looked at the SDR score of uh, isotope rx rebalance even though it's considered industry standard it's probably ranking about i don't know 200th highest in terms of how you could separate that same piece of audio it's quite low down i mean two, a lot of them uh, it, 200 a, uh so essentially yeah, yeah. Kind of rank 200 so so they're uh, like 199 above it or I mean, this is an ongoing kind of chart oh, okay but yeah. there there is but there are there are people that rank rank this there are people that they they will they will rate every algorithm, and it's it's ranked in this SDR. Uh, we, we, we could, we'll, we'll share some, we'll share some notes at the end. Yeah, that, that, that that's actually that interesting. So you can so. see, and it will it will tell you this is RipX, this is um, Isotope, um, but it's not a fixed kind of ranking because different music separates better in different algorithms. Um, so it's just a general one-on-one -on -one data set of music. It's not it's not saying this is 200th best it's just giving you an idea yeah, that, okay. yeah no, i understand, I understand. Um, so yeah no it's it's yeah it's it's i mean the the beatles last album was we were pretty pretty certain it was done using very very similar techniques that that um that i use and, and others as well um where they they had they had a little bit of luxury because they had the they had the i think it was um back then they used a three or four track tape so they they kind of had maybe a vocal and a guitar on one track and a, a bass um, and another vocal on another um so they they already had it separated you know um a little bit and then they just used the ai yeah, to separate yeah. it again until they had everything individually that 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 that, that, um, in, that that's interesting um in 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 our university kind of we are in philadelphia actually we have a yeah. Um, an archive of uh, some of the famous studios that were in Philadelphia in, in kind of um, decades ago. Yeah. And uh, and kind of we have these archives where you have all these tapes 
Um, and and I, th I think I think that that's that's actually quite interesting. So even if you have these tapes, right? So so because they are usually like a couple of tracks only, right? You yeah. still need to kind of separate to do some separation in order to 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 have yeah, yeah they, fully separate. They right? didn't have they didn't have multi-track um, capability then. They didn't they didn't have well, up to until the kind of the sixties. Um, things were either just recorded in one go on one tape in one room. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Then you just had to play well, I suppose. <laughs> there's no, I mean, there's minimal editing probably, like tape editing and stuff. But yeah, the, yeah, the, the, I think the first couple of Beatles albums, they're on. I'm pretty sure it's three tracks. So there's, there's just two, there's two or three instruments kind of recorded at the same time. But obviously, if you, if you want to take that into an Atmos space, you can't move the drums and the guitar. Well, say you wanted the guitar moved to the right of the room. But obviously, it's essentially mono, so it's not in any space of the room. So you could move it anywhere, but you can't take with it the drums as well because it'd probably sound a bit weird. Yeah, you'd want yeah. you'd want the drums more censored. Well, that's that's a classic case for using AI um, source separation. Is you you can move the drums to the center and move the guitar to the right. So um, that's yeah. that's super that's super interesting. So so um so so are you kind of if if some if people have in, interest and kind of questions, can they come to you and and uh... sure yeah yeah. Uh, so the the website is demix.me. So d e m i x dot e. Um, M -E. Uh, sorry, m e. <laughs> um, and my email is sam at demix.me. So, yeah, so, so far, if, if there are any questions, right? So, 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 uh, contact Sam. Um, he is the expert when it comes to demixing. Um, and yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you guys have any Probably. thoughts about uh, uh, if this is a good idea, kind of, uh, or any questions, uh, hit, hit us uh, in yeah. the comments or kind of uh, contact us directly. Yeah. I do, while I'm kind of growing the, the business, I do offer a, a free first track as well. So oh, nice. if you do, you can you can try me out for free, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That, and people that's... do use it quite a lot, to be honest. Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah I imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the hope is that you will come to me eventually with a whole album, and and I'll recoup it. But because <laughs> it, it's not a, it can be quick, but sometimes you get a piece of music that you know you'll spend half a weekend on it because yeah. it's just not there's just not a simple way to do it, but you. You know, I'll I'll always, you know, I take the rough of this move. It, if it if it takes me an hour or two, brilliant. But if it's going to take longer, then I actually learn a lot more from the ones that are a challenge. Obviously, so I take yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's I take always... it as a learning pro learning a, a reason to learn as well because it forces you a little bit. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hit, hit me up, hit me up. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. So kind of the, 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 there's one, uh, there's essentially two more things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, actually, I wanted to talk about one thing and you about the other. Um, and yeah. the first one is, uh, th this is actually something that also came completely unexpected. And that was the, the banal render of Apple Music that Audio oh, Movers yeah. put, put out. Um, I was kind of wondering what, what your opinion is about, about the uh, kind of the, the way Logic implements this uh, head-stracked banal yeah. rendering. Do, do, do you have any experience? That, I mean, you are you Windows uh, user, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I've I have talked, I've talked to Audio Movers support, um, and I've talked to a couple of Atmos engineers. So the the way that a lot of Atmos is QA'd for Apple Spatial is you obviously you export um, the DD Plus Jock 
MP4 from the renderer, mm-hmm. and then you sideload that onto a phone um, or an Apple device um, with AirPods, and then you can play that as Apple Spatial. But even for, yeah, I think even for a lot of probably musicians, that's it's quite a it's quite a horrible process for everybody to be honest, because it's you know you've got to literally transfer physical, um, well not physical things, but um, you've got to transfer files around around between users and it's not obvious whether you are am i listening to spatial audio or is this just 5.1 or uh you think they're loading it onto a um uh, an iphone and they just end up playing it in the browser because they've clicked on a link or whatever and then it's definitely not spatial um apple spatial so the way i think the way well there's two sides to it there's the qa in terms of your client listening to what you've mixed and that that is traditionally always either you've got to come to the studio to listen to it or you um or you have to play it on an apple device yourself that the engineers sent you um but the the engineers will often loop back from logic the Mm 7.1.4 output that would be going to their speakers normally um they'll route they'll route uh uh kind of a monitoring copy of that through logic like what you're talking about with the the orcs routing of Pro Tools, and then they'll bring it back into Pro Tools so that they can then monitor it on their ah, that, that's interesting their headphones. So. Um, yeah, that's but obviously that not necessarily AirPods, but um, so I think the AirPods enable the head tracking. Is that right on Apple? Yeah, the Apple the, the AirPods Pro and the AirPods Max, and then you have the Beats Studio Pro, I think, right. and the the, the Beats uh, fits uh, kind of kind of thingy. So so right. those those are those are those are enabled. So so that is that is actually quite interesting. So kind of the the the, the um, have multiple DOS simultaneously and then just route it back into into Pro Tools. That 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 is how I've, I know well, some some are doing it, right. which is so, highly. So, <laughs> it's, it's such a lot of. Hardware and that, that is that is um, <laughs> purchasing as well. I mean, I guess when you if you if you're spending twenty thousand pounds on a vintage compressor or whatever, yeah, a Logic license is and a, no, and a, a Mac to run it on is probably yeah. not 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 really worth not really thought about very much. But for for everybody else, it obviously is an issue. So I think that's where. But that, that's su- that's super in. interesting. So, so all these people don't need to do that anymore. They just pop the kind of audio movers plugin. Um, and for those yeah. of you who kind of are listening to it, who don't know the uh, what the audio movers plugin does, it, it essentially replicates the the rendering that is done in Logic in any other digital audio workstation. So you can have head tracked by normal audio in exactly yeah. the same way you would listen to it in Logic in any. Um, Digital audio workstation that is multi-channel capable. Obviously, it has to be on a Mac because the entire framework is Mac-based. But yeah, uh, I, but, I, yeah. I believe that even Logic, the spatial um, the Apple spatial renderer, isn't actually in Logic. It's it's in the operating system. Ah, so it's actually on that, Mac OS. Possible. It's, yeah. it's actually on Mac OS itself, and this is why the um, the Audio Movers plugin is Mac only. Because what it's actually doing is taking your audio from your door, running it through uh, Apple Spatial Renderer, which is part of Mac OS, and then bringing it back to the plugin again so that you can hear it as Apple Spatial. Yeah, I think that's that. They wouldn't really, they wouldn't really go into detail. They just said, "Oh, the algorithm is Mac only." 
Yeah, no, it kind of did the way under. Another engineer said, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's using the Apple Spatial API, and that's why it won't run on Windows, because they can't right. put the API into a Windows VST. E exactly. So essentially, yeah. kind of my understanding is that that's that, that sort of a kind of an API, a programming API that they can simply access, and that, as you yep. said, is part of, because quite frankly, probably most of Apple software is using that, right? So so if you have Apple Music or it's probably yeah. the very same renderer that, that is used yeah. there. So yeah. that, that is that is super interesting. Now, I, I kind of, I, I actually originally wasn't that particularly interested in that particular part of logic. It was only, I had a, I had a chat with, uh, I think it was somebody from, I, for, I forgot, I think it was somebody from Sweetwater. Um, oh. And uh, and uh, we, were, we were kind of chatting around and we were talking about head tracking. And I said, well, the the problem really is in this case that head tracking, it's, it's kind of annoying to set up. You have to have a head tracker and then you put it on your headphones and then you have to connect it and you have to constantly. And yeah. he was looking at me like uh, like I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> and it turned out essentially kind of because he was using... Uh, uh, logic all the time and uh, you know kind of in logic you just put on <laughs> you just put yeah, on yeah, the yeah. efforts max and it works you don't have to think yeah. about anything uh it just yeah works they're just using the logic as a as an external headphone renderer really that's right. what so it's a a massive way to go about it in yeah, terms so, of so, complexity so. but anyway so so kind of kind of that 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 kind of started me thinking about how and, and then I looked into it and and uh, and uh, you know kind of that is really super convenient but uh, as as uh, as until yeah. like last week uh, yeah measured at the time we were recording that that was only available on logic and now it's available everywhere and that, yeah. that's that's uh, you, you can imagine if you're working on you know an important atmos release um and a lot of releases are only released on Apple Music as well, you've got to remember. Hmm. So the chances are much higher that it's only going to be experienced in Apple Spatial because I think generally a lot of Apple Music subscribers are Apple device owners as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, generally. Um, yeah, because yeah. You've, already got the, you've already got the account because you're an Apple user, whereas if if you're a you know google or yeah, yeah no, no, kind of, it's, it's um the, i think the, generally the, that, that that that's true but you can imagine as an engineer you every time you wanted to evaluate the mix in apple spatial you'd have to render out the dd plus jock transfer it to your phone then listen to your phone and then go back to the go back to the mix and make your edit you have to do that every single time you change your mind about something yeah. must have been an absolute nightmare yeah um, well, no, no more. So, no so more. That, yeah. that, actually, although, at the time, saying, saying that an engineer did say it's not exactly the same as is it? what you experience from Apple Music once it's streamed. I think uh, that that is possible. Yeah, I think that, what that, he what he's getting at there is the 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 DD Plus Jock MP4 is obviously compressed and it's spatially coded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the seven dot one to four is pulled out of that, but it's a lossy. 7.1.4, whereas yeah. I assume, I don't know, but I assume the Apple Spatial API on the Mac OS is being given pristine 48K yeah, that, that's, 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 audio. That's, so it's working on a lot higher quality audio to begin with. So, Which yeah. a lot of people don't don't realize with Apple Spatial is that the spatialization is done on the lossy um, 7.6.8 kilobit audio. It's not done on... 48k audio interesting um I so didn't know that either. so you're kind of spatializing something that is already lost some data you know it's, it's minimal you can't really tell i don't think 
um, that the compressed audio to CD sort of quality audio yeah, anyway. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's still you know kind of I, I think even if it's not the same, it's still it's still kind of I honestly from from a from the perspective of a consumer really. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, kind of I uh, am not a I, I'm I. My my my. How should I put this? Essentially, kind of, I'm not as trained in hearing things that like uh, audio engineers are trained to to hear, right? Oh so, yeah, so, no, um, no. So so kind of, I I I can't quite frankly hear the difference between the the lossy and the lossless compression. Um, but uh, at least not if it's if it's if it's at the. No, level I think I think a majority of people, you know, general consumers don't. Right. I've I've I've, I've been to concerts before, and I think I was at. Uh, Craftwork concert and I was, uh, the the bass was just overpowering everything, and um, I just thought oh, this is really just doesn't sound good at all. And then I I commented it at the end to the guy that I was sort of sat next to because oh this the bass was brilliant I loved it, <laughs> but from an audio from an audio files perspective it was it, you know the, yeah it was awful. You just, nobody would ever agree that that sounded good, but he didn't he didn't notice that, and I think a lot of people don't. They, they just accept that oh it's it's making sound. I can recognize the song and it's loud and that's 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 good enough. Well, that's a, I think that's an entirely different story, but that's that's, yeah, an, know, that's, know, an, inter yeah. that's an interesting anecdote. But but kind of it, it is it is sort of true that if you if you're not an audiophile, you're probably not going to hear the difference between what comes out of the audio movers. Yeah. And it doesn't um, bother you and it doesn't bother you. Right. Either. So, so yeah. and yeah. and uh and uh, it, it it definitely it definitely helps. Uh, it definitely helps kind of kind of kind of doing it that way. So so that that I thought was really interesting. Now by the way, at the time you're recording that I, I just had a, a video of mine going online that kind of talks about how to use it in Studio One. It actually turns oh, out that uh, that this plugin works exceptionally well in Studio One. So if you if you you can you know you don't you don't have to purchase Logic if you don't want to. If you don't want to go the Logic route, you can actually stay in Studio One and you have uh, pretty much exactly the same functionality that you have in uh, as you have in in in, in Logic. So so an, an, another another win for Studio One. <laughs> <laughs> So not not a, not a sponsored podcast, by the way. We're just fans. <laughs> we'll get them on. We'll get them on now. <laughs> yeah, We're giving them a good enough shout. We can get yeah. get the CEO on for a chat. Presonus, presonus. <laughs> yeah. <are> you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but but you know, kind of, I, I I would actually be interested to hear from from our audience uh, if the, if they have any uh, thoughts about kind of the Apple Music kind of rendering. Yeah. Is this something that you guys think is important? Um, do you use that? Um, have you tried the Audio Movers plugin? Is this something you think you would like to use? Is it good? Uh, let us know uh, once again. Comment yeah. in the comment section below or. You can also join, join us in our Discord community where Sam is uh, currently more active than I am, quite frankly, because he, he's, he, as I said before, he's, he's active everywhere. I'm active everywhere. Uh, I, do, yeah. I do do some work in the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes wonder. My real work. <laughs> I sometimes wonder. <laughs> okay. Um, there's one more topic we wanted to briefly touch, and that has to do with effects um, and, and sort of the, the fact that uh, even though everything seems to be moving towards uh, multi channel, um, kind of where are the effects? Sam, yep. where are they? Yeah, they're not there. Well, not all of them, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, very slowly released kind of thing isn't it the multi like there's there's probably well not so much now but during the sort of growth of sort of plug-in based music production you know the, 
there's got to be thousands and thousands of reverbs and there's thousands and thousands of uh, delays and all sorts of effects, but they're never very rarely released as multi-channel versions. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was quite a strange, not, not a strange phenomenon. It might just be that the market's not there and 5.1 and surround wasn't, it wasn't huge, was it? So I suppose maybe to some extent there's a culture of it's just not it's not in the sort of subconsciousness of it, the plugin developers so much right uh, uh, until, and, and until of, now i think it's growing now but it is it is starting to grow and and as you said sort of you know kind of um, I, I think in the reverb space you know kind of there, there are obviously like kind of multi-channel reverbs um you know kind of like the ones from liquid sonics that those are the ones that usually kind of quite expensive quite frankly but but kind of really good yeah. ones. well then that's I, more from the film probably from the film right kind of world in a way right. i think but uh, i don't know I had a, I actually had an exchange with Blue Cut Audio. They, they kind of they released this uh, this uh, plugin. How is it called? Plugin script, where you oh, essentially yeah. can where you can essentially script your own plugins. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is eight channel. And I told them if you uh, guys do okay. that, if you if you change that to sixteen channels, um, yeah. that would be super interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I I I think I talked to them like what was it three years ago, and and they said essentially came to make to me and said yeah that wouldn't be that complicated, but that never happened. <laughs> so oh, it, yeah. it is it is really it is really kind of uh, as you said. I think I think there's a certain lack of awareness, um, and uh, yeah. you know kind of and quite frankly even if even if uh, plugin developers try that quite often the results are not are not particularly good. I kind of I I'm not going to name any names, but I had uh, companies reach out yeah. to me that that gave me like access to uh, pre-release versions, and then uh, something would not work correctly, and nobody yeah. would notice that because one of the issues that they have in in Adobe Atmos in particular is that you the head channels to the overhead channels. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's usually really really difficult to hear if there's something wrong in those. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I had yeah. plugins that actually kind of completely messed up the overheads, um, and nobody noticed <laughs> that. If, if even 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 yeah, high yeah, end yeah. engineers didn't notice that, and that's just because because uh, it's it's sort of an afterthought, yeah, yeah. really, right? Yeah, I mean, even even with speaks in a room, some engineers they can't really tell what they've done behind them or. Or above them, and it's not, it's not because there's a fault. It's just how the human hearing is working to some yeah, extent. Yeah, it's, but, it's, exactly um, right. So, uh, so we we are, we are evolved to hear kind of horizontally. Kind of we 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 very rarely got attacked from above. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Have, Kind of the yeah. tiger came from front from the front and not from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I mean, yeah. I think I think it'd be good. Uh, I th I'm sure it's just about numbers and and sales, whether they yeah. included yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, all the all the cost, you know, the the overall cost of a of a plug. I mean, the Liquid Sonics are not they're not particularly cheap, so they're no, they're not. They can probably justify the the engineering that went into programming it, but um, but, but you know, kind of they have, they have this they have this uh, Liquid Sonics. By the way, for those of you kind of listening, they have they have this uh, very nice uh, cross grade kind of option. So once you have one Liquid Sonics plug-in essentially yeah. everything else becomes cheaper and cheaper and that's actually quite good uh, that you you can get to the point where things are really really inexpensive but you have to have one <laughs> to start one to begin with. yeah 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 no yeah no the other ones the other good ones uh, is an acon digital um immersive reverb that's a really yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah, one yeah. the, the acon ones are good good they're, they're kind um, of the acon they kind of go go under the radar a little bit acon they're kind of 
they're kind of in the kind of isotope RX space mastering, but then they've also got some quite interesting plugins as well. But that they're 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 reverb allows you to kind of pan the the reverb around as if it's an object as well, so you can kind of follow what you're doing with the actual audio object. Um, yeah, which is yeah, quite, yeah. It's quite. It's kind oh, that, of, that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. Quite cool because most of them just move the object kind of through the reverb that is static. Uh, or the object just moves around the reverb, which is just surrounding you. Whereas that right. one, you can actually kind of place the reverb. That, that, that is that is a that, that is a plugin you need to purchase separately because I, I think most of the plugins come with the uh, acoustica yeah. kind of door, right? Um, yeah, that, that's yeah. actually kind of. I think, it's, that, that's I think there I might be a suite. Them. There might be a suite of everything that you can buy right. for millions of pounds, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I'm sure it is available on its own as well. But, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're they're a big favourite, um, yeah. And then we got yeah, and then then but then you got the opposite end of the spectrum, like um, Red Rock, Red Rock Sound, uh, yeah. Sounds who I think they were they originally um, uh, yeah, the, did, a lot did. of the plugins were already released as stereo versions for for the um, for the iPad and rewire and stuff like that, was it? Or... Uh, the, the kind of the most of I, I can I can only say for the I'm mean, honestly I did the um they appeared on my radar once they migrated their plugins over to yeah. the uh to to the desktop systems, but I think they were uh, they were iOS plugins first. Uh, but yeah. I'm, don't don't quote me on that. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Yeah. But because kind of they they have this uh, this uh, kind of code that is built on the iOS system on a Mac, they actually come in as uh, audio unit version three plugins, which is interesting. Uh, um, which okay. essentially means that I actually did a video about that that you can uh, that you can actually migrate stuff if you're working yeah. with Logic, for example, you can migrate stuff from Logic ah, on the course, iPad yeah, yeah. to uh, to to Logic on on the Mac. Um, yeah. But but they 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 kind of they really jumped on that and and kind of I, I think their their workflow is really nice their user interface is super super convenient yeah yeah no the way the way that they handle the different variations of grouping individual channels together so you, if you only want to apply compression on the front left and right but then you want slightly different or slightly less compression elsewhere you can do that all through one yeah all through one but obviously it's all kind of multi-channel bed object bed based yeah but yeah. there's no there's no way around that um other than maybe the fiedler um uh space lab which space is lab, kind yeah. of an ob more of an object based reverb um where it becomes part of the the atmos kind of workflow itself which is quite interesting if you've played with that much michael but um, I I I, di I did not not as much. I mean, I kind of I played around with it, um, uh, and yeah. uh, but but not as much. The one thing that I that always annoys me a little with those uh, reverbs is that um, essentially usually they just flood the uh, the channels, right? So kind of there there are very few reverbs yeah. that actually take the positional information of the objects into consideration. Um, so so so. And 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 space space lab does something. It, it's it's also not entirely. It, it's it's not kind of. I always the the effect that, that sort of the position has on an uh, of an object on the reverb is actually minimal. Even if, if yeah sort of yeah yeah yeah. The, the, but the yeah but the the space lab itself kind of becomes the, the almost the panner in a way. The, it the becomes beam. the panner. Yeah yeah yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's a, just it's a, a strange workflow, but. 
can get yeah. some quite nice effects from it though so yeah that's true that's true that's yeah. true and it's also not particularly it's it's quite expensive but i think it's a good one i i kind of really like that as well i like that a lot yeah and the fact yeah. that you can use it in a regular stereo doors is is, is sort of a big plus so so if yeah. you're if you're working with anything that doesn't have multi-channel kind of space lab is currently i think the only option that you really have in order to at least have a convenient workflow right i mean they are probably kind yeah. of more technically kind of challenging kind of solutions to to do that but but uh, yeah. if, if you have a stereo door and you want to just kind of work with atmos uh, and you want to have like a multi-channel reverb then that that's really the only convenient option yeah. that you have yeah yeah but i think yeah definitely i think there's the main i think the main gap is, is delays there's very very few multi-channel type delays where like a multi-tap where you can set each delay to come out of a different speaker for example there's there's very little like that out there um whereas that's exactly what you want a delay to do in a yeah in a spatial I mean, you could, sense you could you could you could you convert, can emulate it yourself but and, and you could convert into ambisonics and then do there are a couple of ambisonic solutions right so you yeah, could go back yeah. and forth between a, into ambisonics and then for example use something like the audio brewers kind of plugins yeah 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 they're there um, they're, 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 they are the exception yeah but i think yeah hopefully Hopefully we see some more, more, not just reverb and um, compression, but uh, you know things things that actually make use of the space. Um, yes. yes. More yes. creatively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. I think that, um, that is a missed opportunity. So I know this, the sound, the sound, some of the sound particle stuff definitely goes much more into that way with the synthesizers and the. Uh, and the plugins and the effects. The, the sound particle but... stuff, by the way, that is something that actually kind of that surprised me. I I actually had the sound particles plugins for quite some time, and I didn't realize that they were multi-channel. It was actually kind of only uh... when I when I, I had a chat with with Tony from Sound Particles, and he showed me, and that's <laughs> well, ah, you you, you guys hit that really well. I mean, is, if you uh... if you only ever load them onto a stereo track or stereo bus or whatever, <laughs> yeah. they're only ever going to do stereo. So you think, oh, they're just stereo plugins. So it's it, it's sort of a little little kind of option somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of if you don't really know about it, yeah. uh, it's it doesn't. It's it's it, it was quite yeah. interesting. So I, I, it's 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 a very it's it's kind of. I'm 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 assuming that that that, that is on purpose in order to make sure that people don't uh, because quite frankly the big market yeah. is still kind of people who are working with stereo, right? It's not. Well, I think the, and I think the plugin kind of frameworks that they're developing with a lot of them kind of automatically adopt what the door is telling them that. They can yeah. do so if the doors then yeah. you can you can be five point one on this track, yeah. Then they'll they'll only expand itself up to five point one. It annoyingly it doesn't let you go beyond what the door is kind of telling it, which I find really frustrating sometimes because yeah. even though you've got a stereo <laughs> door, there's no reason why you can't put a stereo input into an effects but get you know a multi-channel out. Yeah, um, that's true. And route that's it true. somewhere else because. Especially with the Fiedler solution, that, that is quite flexible to do stuff like that because you can pull, you can pull the individual um, channel and route it somewhere else, or route it to another beam plugin and then pan that into the back into the Atmos spaces. You can be quite creative. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Just, with, just with routing alone, it's just that, especially the VST three format. Unfortunately, it often closes all that off. You can't actually get at it. Um, it just doesn't ever expose all the multi-channels to get to get to it, which is a shame. Yeah, the, the, the kind of I, I'm not a plugin developer, so I don't really know, but I, I just noticed that kind of the um, especially kind of when when we were talking about uh, 
who was it? I was talking to the APL guys that kind of are doing the virtual, so kind of binaural renderer. Yeah. And uh, and that that actually has issues with Studio One, for example, because because it it does not really get the channel layout correctly. Yeah. 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 Um, and it, it seems to be that 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 even though there are certain rules on how to do things, um, it there's usually kind of the interoperability between DOS and plugins. Kind of, I think I think is not oh, as yeah. good as it could be, right? So no, I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm always I'm always very happy if I have like a multi-channel plugin that actually works exactly yeah, the way oh, yeah, it's supposed yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Although I think there's so many there's so many variables for the door, the VST format, and the developer. It, 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 once they're all married up to each other and sort of in line with each other, it, you, you create a really nice plugin. But it's so easy to to just just mess up. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that 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 is true. And and you probably have to think about kind of different things um, uh, simultaneously and kind of you know kind of uh, as a plugin developer, make sure that it works with all kinds of uh, digital audio workstations and you know kind of yeah. uh, they, they do. They do work differently. I, I haven't really checked it, but one uh, member in our Discord said that the channel layout that Studio One has for 9.1.6 is uh, is not co is, is actually not ah, right. consistent with the spec specifications of of Atmos. Um, which, oh, which the, the channel order, the channel the order, the channel order. Yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so kind of you you're working with all these little kind of quirks and 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 things, yeah. um, and and then you need to figure out how to do that. But yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. I, th I think I think I still think this is this is a missed opportunity. So. So if if any plugin developers out there kind of are listening to this, yeah, kind of get converting, get converting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that hard. I think I think it probably is hard. A lot. It, 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 it is hard it, because think, it's not just a case of duplicating everything by how no, many no. channels. <laughs> if you did that, you just end up like the size parameter on Dolby Atmos where you're just duplicating everything to every channel. And you probably and have to, that, you probably have to, somewhere in the middle have to convert to something like Ambisonics in order to make it more consistent yeah. because... And uh, you've got to, uh, you probably have to um, use deconvolution so that you're not taking an exact replica of yeah. the sound through every speaker because it will yeah. start clashing with the opposite channel and stuff so exactly um, exactly i'm so, sure so, there's so, yeah there's there's a lot more to work there's there's there's, there's probably a lot of of things to but it but that's no excuse they should still just start <laughs> start converting them all <laughs> yeah, so everybody out there get get converting we want to buy plugins exactly <laughs> <laughs> I think I think yeah that's that's um that's uh, most of what we yeah so so kind of, cover, I think I think I think I think, but... I think I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover right um so 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 this was actually a lot of fun so we we are planning on doing that um, monthly that is that is the intent uh, yeah. one of the things that we also want to do is we want to invite guests so so whoever kind of uh, listened to us until to this point well, first of all thank you but uh, yeah. but uh, if if you if you think kind of uh, listening to two old guys talk might not be kind of something that I want to do every month we're going to have guests uh, kind of that that yeah. uh, get give us a little bit more insight uh, into how things are really done and yeah. we have a couple of uh, very interesting guests already lined up a little bit so uh, stay yeah. kind of uh, informed uh keep in touch uh wherever you find this podcast uh, yeah. uh there's a second episode coming anything else sam that you want to kind of say no no just uh yeah get anything 
anything you want us to to cover as well yeah get in touch yeah because exactly it's, uh, exactly. it's good to get a two-way kind of conversation yeah. going with yeah with the audience um exactly so so if, if you if you guys out there if, if you have any interest that we any any topics that you that you want us to discuss let us know uh and yep. we can most certainly most certainly do that yeah and yep. uh I, I think that's pretty much everything that we wanted to cover today um this was a lot yep. of fun this was the first time i actually did right. a podcast episode and sam i think you as well right i mean this is the it first is, time yeah we're so doing give us this. give so, us a break so, guys it's our first one <laughs> okay so um thanks everybody for listening uh see you at the next video see you at the next podcast yeah. episode wherever that's going to be see you cheers all bye bye bye